You're listening to the Colorado Springs Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Colorado Springs Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I am super excited to speak with our our guest, Miller McSwain. Miller bought a property with Leah not too long ago. And he has a really interesting story of what he plans to do with the property. And then I think that his plan for investing is really exciting. So Miller, welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Would you mind giving everyone just a bit of your background and we can kind of go from there? Yep. So um, so me and my wife are very new to real estate. Um, we both just graduated from college. So fresh to real estate, fresh to the working world, fresh to a lot of things. Uh, just got married as well. So fresh to that. Hey, congrats. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, yeah, so we just moved here from Tennessee. That's where I went to school and she went to school around there as well. And, um, yeah, so we, we started looking for a house, um, while we were in school and it, it kind of started, I guess my parents have a couple of properties in Mississippi, which is where I grew up. Um, and so I'd always kind of been around it. And I remember my parents saying that whenever I went to college, they would buy me a duplex. And uh, anyway, that didn't happen. I, I had to buy this myself, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, anyways, but but that seed was planted, you know, from a, a pretty young age. And in high school, I had this teacher who actually, uh, for our economics class, he didn't teach us economics. He just taught us personal finance, which uh, I, I think that was much better. Honestly, that's certainly yeah. pretty well so far. <laughs> so uh, yeah, all you teachers out there, it's a pretty good idea. <laughs> so, uh, so he just showed us Dave Ramsey videos and I was watching those, um, during class and started picking up books about it in high school and got into mutual funds, index funds, all that kind of stuff. But I remember between freshman and sophomore year of college, I started thinking about the real estate thing again. Cause I just remembered what my parents had said, you know, 10 years ago. And I think I looked up like, I don't know, is real estate a good investment or something. And a bigger pockets episode came up on YouTube. And so I just started diving into that. And then I had four long years of waiting to invest, uh, you know, so, so I got to do a lot of research, but I was just itching to get into the game. And, uh, uh, eventually, you know, it was, it was senior year. And so, um, me and my fiance at the time, were trying to figure out where we wanted to move. And we ended up landing on Colorado Springs. Um, we kind of had the whole, the whole map of the U S opened up to us and we just started looking around and we figured we'd find where we want to live. And then find the jobs there and see if real estate's good there. Um, so we ended up deciding that we wanted to move to Colorado. And then we picked the springs just based off of data. I think I sorted most of the cities on like rent to price ratio and, uh, you know, cut certain ones out just because the purchase price was too high. So like Denver was cut out and, you know, a lot of places were cut out. But at the time, the springs was a good purchase price and the rent to price was good. So, um, so we took a trip out here, which I would advise as well. Um, and uh check the city out um you know it's beautiful nearby um there's parking at walmart you know you don't have to like do street parking <laughs> everywhere you go and, like, so you know all that kind of stuff was nice so yeah so we ended up landing on the springs and getting in touch with envision and and we started looking so i got in touch with jenny got in touch with leah and um yeah and we started our search process yeah i certainly appreciated the level of detail that that you put into your process and and 
kind of your analysis and everything. That was kind of fun to to work through, I think. So yeah, can you can you tell everyone a little bit about how your search process, I guess once you guys were ready to pull the trigger, um, tell everyone a little bit about how that went. Cause that was during the time that everything was very, very crazy. So I think that's a, a good story to hear. Yeah. So so we actually kind of started the process um pretty early on because because we had time. So I think we started talking with you and Bill Rodriguez for lending in like January of 2022, even though we didn't graduate until May. So the process was started, but we didn't really start looking until around March, I think. And kind of the hold up there, uh, Bill said that he basically wouldn't be able to get us pre-approved until we had offer letters. And, and there's a story behind that too. But, um, but yeah, so we really started looking in March with Leah, as far as I actually uh, looking virtually at properties. So all the properties that we were interested in, we, we didn't come to see in person. Uh, we were remote for that. So, so that was a process and, um, uh, it was something that I was comfortable with. And I think my fiance at the time was comfortable with too. But I remember after we did end up closing, I told my family that, you know, we bought a house. My stepdad was like, what son, you didn't go look at it. I was like, no, he's like, you got to feel if it's the right place. Uh, so, but you know, whatever the, the number, the numbers look good and all that. So I, I didn't find that, but uh, yeah. Did, did you tell him that Leah is like an expert FaceTimer? You know? Yeah, no, I, did. I was like, I was like, we have a great agent, and he's like, well, you know, they're looking out for themselves. I'm like, no, Leah doesn't do that. <laughs> oh, she will tell you if something is junk. Like, oh, she's yeah. very good about that. Yep. Yeah, So she did. One one of the properties that she looked at um, for us, uh, she went in, and then she texted me afterwards, and she's like, you know, it smells like cat pee and whatever. So no, she wasn't just trying to sell us anything, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so 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 we started looking with Leah. And I had search, um, you know, save searches set up on like Redfin or through you guys' portal and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so whenever I first met Leah, I told her, I was like, yeah, you don't really have to worry about finding the property. Like, we'll find it. We just need you to go tour it and do all this. You know, I figured I'd lighten her load as much as possible. And uh, lo and behold, we missed something. <laughs> and uh, she sends me a message. She's like, hey, did did you see this one? And I was like, no, because I have my search filter set to like 1970 and greater. And this was like 1968 or something. Okay. And uh, so, so I was like, wow, that actually like checks all of our boxes. And uh, so we, we wouldn't have found it if Leah hadn't, <laughs> you know, done what I told her not to do. I told her not to look for us. So yeah, above and beyond, you know. Yep. <laughs> she can't, she can't stop working. That's kind of her thing, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's good for us. So. Yep. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the house itself. So, um, yes, what we ended up, uh, getting is a five bed, three bath in the Springs. It's an 80910. Um, and it's a, uh, the main level is three beds, two bath, and the bottom is two beds, one bath. So one of our criteria, my fiance didn't want to, um, have like a ton of interaction with the tenants. She wanted mm -hmm. it to be a pretty separate, um, kind of house hack, uh, which is what we're doing. We're house hacking. Yeah. And, uh, so, so this had a good setup. We told Leah that we wanted there to be easy access to the basement because um, we planned on living in the basement and uh, easy access to it from, you know, a separate entrance from the garage, something like that. And, and in this case, it ended up being you enter through the garage and then whenever you enter the house, the stairs are right there to go downstairs. And, and the main level kitchen was right there too, but we were able to put a door up to, you know, separate those parts of the house. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the top's a three, two bottoms, a two, one upstairs has, you know, the living room kitchen. Um, one of the beds has a private bath and then two of the bedrooms share a bath. So as far as house hacking goes, there's 
two tenants that share a bathroom. So we're doing rent by room. Two tenants share a bathroom and one of them has their own bathroom. Great. Yeah. How are you, um, I guess, dividing up rent um, since, you know, one room is kind of superior to the other two? How how are you guys doing that? So um, we kind of maybe took a bad approach in the beginning. We listed all the rooms like pretty high, which, you know, I had some data points for what the rooms should rent for, but I was like, well, I don't know. We'll just list them like pretty high and see what happens. So originally we had the private bath listed for a thousand, the private bathroom. Okay. Bathroom. And uh, anyway, we didn't get any bites. <laughs> a little steep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I just figured we'd try it. And, yep. <laughs> uh, and, and then we had the, I don't remember the shared rooms listed at something a little bit lower. And I just slowly backed it off for like two months. And I was really kind of worried throughout this whole process. Like, oh man, like we're not renting. We're not renting. But <laughs> eventually we found this sweet spot where like we got just like tons of, you know, inquiries like immediately. So, uh, so, so the demand is there. Yeah. Just way too high. But um <laughs> What, what, what we ended up renting them for, um, we just filled our last vacancy. So they're all rented now. And the private, the bedroom with the private bath is 800 a month. And uh, so with all these rooms, utilities we're paying for, um, internet we're paying for, we're providing like shared supplies. So uh, trash bags, anything that the tenants might would bicker about, you know? So yeah. I, mean, I, I just graduated college and I was in the same sort of situation. So, uh, I, 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 it's pretty fresh, you know, having to deal with roommates. So yeah, the yeah. trash bags, the, the dishwashing <laughs> fluid, um, e- even for the shared bath, we provide toilet paper. That's, you know, not that, that, that's, you know, not just like single ply, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's so, so we, funny that you say that I remember in college, like, no, I just bought the toilet paper. No, it's your turn to buy the yeah. toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was easy enough whenever I lived with friends, but, uh, I graduated like a semester later than everyone else. So the last year I lived with random people and then it was a little bit tougher, you know, to deal with all that. Um, <laughs> so yes. So the other two rooms, um, one of them is actually listed or rented for 800, which is the same as the private. And the other one is at 700. Okay. But, yeah. How we got that other 800, that other shared room to be 800 though, um, networking came through for us in an unexpected way. Uh, whenever me and Elijah, my fiance, when we were looking for a house, I had keyword alert set up on bigger pockets and I had Colorado Springs set up as one of them. And anyway, this guy in a similar situation to me, like, you know, 23 engineer or, you know, about to graduate and be an engineer made a post on there about one to house hack in the Springs. And I, you know, replied and whatever. And anyway, so we were back and forth talking for three months, just about how it was going, our search and stuff. And he ended up having a, uh, some car trouble and had to buy a new car. So he didn't have the funds to purchase his house anymore. So he messaged me. I was like, Hey, do you still have that room to rent? <laughs> so, uh, so he was our first tenant and, uh, and, but we didn't really know what rents would be then. So I was kind of like, you know, I don't know, 800. Yeah. And so it looks like that might've been like 50 bucks too high. Um, but yeah, well, so, so that's you know, how we got this. He's getting a free education from you, yeah. you know? So I think, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and that is nice. I've showed him like a lot of how we're handling things. So yeah, that, that, that is definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the purchase process. So, you know, Leah found this house. Um, what was the competition like? Um, tell me a little bit about some of the features of your offer. Yeah. So, um, there was competition on this one, although not as much as some of the other ones that we looked at. So we actually ended up getting under contract super quick. I think it was like from from when we started looking to being under contract was like a week and a half or something like crazy. Wow. So um, yeah, and I was talking to Chris about that the other day, and he's like, "Yeah, that was luck." I was like, "Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe some of that was luck, but Leah did good too." So uh, 
but yeah, like some of the houses that we looked at, you know, they were like, this was in April. So this was like the height. Um, yeah. Or what I would consider the height anyway, mm-hmm. it felt like it. And, uh, yeah, so some of them had like 15 offers, 20 offers, and, you know, we just weren't anywhere near where we should have been. But on this one, um, we offered, we were pre-approved for 460 and we offered, I think like 425, which was list. I think we offered that at first and we had one other buyer, just like single family home buyer competing with us. <clears throat> and then the other person that was competing with us, I think Leah said it was like a, a rent to own like company okay. that they would come in. I'd never heard of this model, but she said this company would like come in and buy the house. And then, you know, I guess once it was stabilized and, you know, whatever, once, once the, those tenants were in there, then they would buy it like shortly after. So it wasn't like a lease option or whatever, like the long term like type thing. They would like turn it around pretty quick. But I think it was kind of like an all cash scenario. I think that's what was beneficial about it. When okay. this company would come in, it was like all cash. Gotcha. And then they would rent until they would buy. So, Probably uh, they had a house to sell on the other end or something oh, like that. that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, so that was our competition. And as far as um, what was in the, in the, in the offer letter, I remember we did have a limited inspection contingency. Mm-hmm. So we were allowed to back out if something were to come up that we didn't like, but we pretty much said that we wouldn't, you know, nickel and dime the seller you know, yeah. for every little thing, um, which turns out there wasn't much anyway, but, um, but we did that. Uh, the other thing that was really beneficial, I think that, or I remember the, the seller saying that they really liked this was the like 15 day close that bill was able to get for us. Yeah, yeah. So that was a big win. I think that's why they ended up not going with that, that company that I was talking about was theirs was a longer, you know, typical kind of close. Okay. Um, and, but yeah, so, so we ended up offering like 425 or whatever. And then, you know, Leah saw what the competition was. And then we ended up bumping it up to 460 because the buyers or the sellers came back and said that we need to come up on purchase price. And, and Leah was actually like pretty calm about it. So me and my fiance <laughs> were like, or I told my fiance, I was like, okay, maybe we actually need to offer like 480 and just like do the appraisal gap and stuff. <laughs> and, and, and Leah was like, no, no, we're good at 460. We're good at 460. And I was like, but like, what if we do miss it? She's like, no, it I'm confident like we'll get it. So yeah, yeah. She, she knows what she's talking about. So. Yeah. She's very good at, you know, getting information and not yeah. letting people overpay for things. So yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. So uh, how did the inspection go? You mentioned that there wasn't, wasn't much on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- there wasn't really any issues. Um, I remember the only like things that were like labeled as major. Um, there wasn't a rail going down the basement stairs, you know, like a handrail, okay. which was totally fine. Yeah. Know, um, for now. And um, there wasn't a like attic latch, uh, like in the garage where you go into the attic, there wasn't a latch there, which it said like as a fire hazard. Mm-hmm. But other than that, everything else was like, you know, there's some outlets that don't work. Um, you know, the sheetrock needs to be patched here. So th- there was nothing out of the ordinary or actually the only thing, the dishwasher didn't work. Uh, that was the other thing, but the, the sellers ended up saying, Oh yeah, we found out about that. We'll fix it. You know, we already ordered the part. So they fixed oh, it great. before we even took possession. Yeah. That's great. So I'm seeing maybe a thousand dollars for, for yeah. all this stuff. That's, that's great. Yeah. So it, yeah, it, it was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so did the house appraise for the 460? Oh yeah, that was the best call yeah. uh, I, I could have gotten. Whenever yeah. Bill called me, he was like, "The house price for four sixty. I was like, "Woo! All right!" Because <laughs> yeah. actually, we were planning on uh, if it did, uh, if we did end up having to use an appraisal gap, uh, we were going to use our wedding funds for it. 
And oh my goodness. And, yeah. Because, uh, you know, and again, like I think my wife's more aggressive than I am. So she was like, it's okay. Like we'll have time to make it back once we start our jobs yeah, after college. <laughs> I was like, no, like we're not going to try to buy this house. So, like what if we have to use our, you know, our wedding funds? She's like, just buy it. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it worked out. So yeah, she, she's, she's wise. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That, that's dedication right there. If you're what, if you're willing to, you know, dip into your wedding pot for that. So, <laughs> oh yeah. And so she, she's been interested in real estate too. Yeah. I told my story, but, um, uh, yeah, she, she, on our first date, she mentioned real estate. So it's, yeah, that, that's, she, she, she's always been on board for that. Thankfully. So <laughs> that's how you knew, you know, that's how you knew she was. That, that's what I tell that. her. Yeah. That, that's, that's when I knew she was the one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So yeah, let's, let's dig into the lending. Um, so you worked with Bill and yep. I know you guys had a bit of a interesting situation in the fact that you were fresh out of school and you hadn't started your job. So how was he able to bridge the gap um, to make it work? Yeah. So this was something, um, thankfully, we started talking to him early so that we could figure out, you know, even if we would be able to, you know, be eligible for lending. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, c- kind of the worst case scenario, which I mean, it's not an awful scenario, but worst case, we would have had to move to Colorado Springs for our jobs and then, you know, rent a place for a month or two or whatever, um, you know, once we have these jobs and that we can provide, you know, proof of employment and stuff to Bill. Mm-hmm. But it, it would just be this kind of like weird limbo thing where, yeah, we're, we move all of our stuff into this house for a month or two. And then we close on something, you know, a month or two later and have to move again and all of that. Yeah. So, so we tried to get it hammered out with him before to uh, allow us to buy a place, um, you know, before we even move out. And so, yeah, so I started talking with him early. And basically what he said was, so at the time we were both in college um, and he said, once, you know, we get an offer letter from the company that we're going to work for that we can, you know, start on the process. And so kind of how that ended up working, you know, mechanically or like tangibly, um, he said that if we were to use a rate lock, which we did um, for, I think we did like a 90 day rate lock and there was a fee with that. It was like $2,000, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, for the 90 day one, I think there were some other options too. Um, so the rate lock basically just, you know, locked our interest rate for a certain period, which worked out in our favor. Um, but basically it, it, the purpose of the rate lock wasn't to lock our rate. It was really just to, um, you know, at some point bill offloads our loan to someone else. And so he said, if he has 90 days, uh, you know, if we close April 15th, then we have, you know, maybe 60 to 90 days left. Um, as long as we start our jobs within that 60 to 90 day period, then we'll get our pay stubs. We can give that to him. And once he has those pay stubs, then he can offload the loan. So mm-hmm. that, that, that 90 day window basically just gave him more time to hold on to the loan himself until we gave him our pay stubs and then he could get rid of it. So, yeah, so that, that was kind of his solution. And, uh, but yeah, l- luckily we locked the rate because I think we locked to like 4.8. And then whenever he called me about the appraisal, he's like, yeah, man, and you won't believe it. We're like, uh, the interest rates right now are like, you know, 5.3 or something. I was like, no way. So yeah. 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 I remember you texting me, you know, like what my thoughts were on, on the rate. And I'm like, "Eh." I said, I would just lock it now. Like, you know, I I don't see things, you know, at at that point in time, I don't see things going down or stabilizing anytime soon. So yeah. And actually um, with this rate lock program, I forget the exact details, but there was a cap on how much, um, it could go in a certain direction and oh oh yeah the thing was if interest rates were to end up going down mm-hmm. then my interest rate would float down with it so so it, it was capped at you know whatever we locked it at and but it could it couldn't go up but it could go down so yeah. it basically only works in our favor 
except for the 2K, $2,000 fee, you know? I think that's well worth the insurance of having that flexibility. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely yeah. In our case. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that this situation, I mean, you know, just highlights the fact that just talk to your lender, be upfront with your lender, start early, have those conversations, get all your ducks in a row. And most of the time, they can figure out a way to make it work to get mostly of of everything that you wanted. So um, I think that's a very good example of of why that is so important. Yeah. And and it was good just working with Bill because you guys work work with him so often. Mm -hmm. So I know there were situations where we were trying to get our pre-approval letter by a certain point and Leah's like, oh, I'll just text Bill real quick. Yeah. (laughs) Because you guys are so close. They've made all that a lot easier. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's great. Um, so did you guys have to do anything to outfit the the house? I know you mentioned a door um, to, to get the private quarters. Um, and you guys have a bit of an interesting laundry um, situation. So do you have any tips for for people, um, you know, what you've learned? Yes. So, um, so yeah, like, like I mentioned earlier, uh, in order to separate the units, we did end up putting a door upstairs mm-hmm. on the main level off the kitchen. Um, so, and, and we put an electronic lock on that, which we actually put on everywhere upstairs. You know, all the bedroom doors have electronic locks. Um, the front door has an electronic lock. Um, and so, but yeah, so, so the main reason we put that electronic lock on the, that kitchen door, the laundry is in the basement, which is where me and my wife live. And like I said, we wanted, you know, minimal interaction with the tenants. So we're trying to come up with ways to, you know, allow the tenants to come downstairs, um, you know, one option would be like, you know, putting a wall somewhere downstairs where they don't have access to our bedroom and whatever. But anyway, all all that kind of stuff we we didn't really want to do. So we ended up just putting this electronic lock upstairs and each tenant has picked a three hour laundry window that occurs every month. So like, you know, Thursday from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And their door pin that they use to get into their doors to their bedrooms or to their, um, you know, into the house from the front door that pin will allow them downstairs just during those three hours. So, you know, we have it in our calendar and it'll pop up on mine and my wife's phone. Okay. You know, tenant three may be coming down here in these, these three hours. So, yeah. so we know they'll be down there at that time. And so it was a cheap solution um, and a pretty temporary solution, which is good. Cause after we move out, we'll probably just unlock that door and have it open to everybody. So, you know, it's, it works for us while we're there and tenants haven't really seemed to mind or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a really creative solution. Like you said, not a lot of upfront, uh, you know, capital uh, to to make that work. And you guys have your privacy, and yeah, I think I think that's a really smart way of doing that. Yeah, I mean, eighty dollars, you know, for a lock, and yeah, you know, that was about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's manageable, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and it was actually on sale. So there we go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, is your plan for this property just to do just a true? house hack at that you know one year and one day mark you guys are looking for another another property and going to move out um and rent rent the two rooms in the basement or like what what are your long-term plans for this home yeah yeah for the most part yes um it looks like 12 months from about now is when we will have saved up enough to where we're comfortable to purchase mm-hmm. another house so that would put us at like the 14 month mark i think but um, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe there would be an opportunity to like HELOC at our you know twelve month mark to get the remaining funds that we would need. Um, but yeah. So for the most part, yeah, we plan on house hacking one a year, um, and it looks like our funds will allow for that. And as far as what we'll do in the basement, 
whenever we leave, I think we'll actually, so, so the three rooms upstairs are unfurnished. So mm-hmm. we have all the shared areas furnished. So, you know, we have pots and pans, you know, all that kind of stuff in the kitchen, the coffee maker. And we have, you know, the TV in the living room, the couch, all that, but they furnish their own rooms. But I think when we move out, I think we're actually going to have to furnish these bedrooms down here because we're going to have to put that rail on the stairs before we leave. And I don't <laughs> think you can fit furniture down. Like it's a, you know, a fairly narrow staircase. Yeah. So that, I, that is forward thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trying to solve everything ahead of time. So. Um, yeah. So we'll probably have to furnish these. And, you know, even, even if you could fit furniture down, you know, that staircase would get so beaten up with people every, we're, they're on six month leases and then month okay. to month. So potentially every six months having somebody bring a new bed and a new TV and a new desk and all that. So, yeah. So, so I think down here will be fully furnished. Yeah. Okay. And I guess you could probably charge a little bit um, more to recoup, you know, the initial outlay for that. So. Yeah. 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 I think we'll try to do that. Um, I did go to one of the websites that we list at, I think it was like roomies.com. And I kind of ran like a quick study because you can filter like furnished and unfurnished. And I kind of like averaged out the, you know, the rates for each of those. And interestingly, based on, you know, the 30 listings that were on there, having a furnished room didn't increase the rate on oh, average. Interesting. Um, you know, it, that it may not play out like that, you know, in practice. Yeah. Um, so, but I don't know, it may, I'm, what I'll be curious to see is how it affects demand, whether people will, there'll be more people wanting a furnished room, you know, cause then they don't have to deal with furniture or, you know, if somebody does have furniture, they're not going to consider a furnished room cause then they have to throw their furniture away or put it in storage or something. So, so that'll right. be interesting to see. Yeah. 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 I would, I would love to hear an update on that once you guys get to that point. Yeah. 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 Well, so let's see. So we've talked about, you know, this house. What is your overall investment plan now that now that you have your first one under your belt, like, you know, negative uh, you know, graduation, which is just phenomenal in my opinion. Um, you are starting when I wish that I did start. So um what are what are you guys' long term plans for this? So yeah, so so we plan on house hacking one a year. Um and then, you know, we'll do that. Ideally, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I want to do it eight times. Um, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how long Elijah goes along with this. You know? Yeah. But uh, even if we did it like five times, like that's a huge win. Um, it is. So we'll do, we'll house hack one a year because we can do 5% down. Um, we'll do that as, as long as, uh, as we can, you know, being under the loan limits. And as long as, you know, she'll let us. Mm-hmm. And then um, probably what we'll do after that is still buy one a year. Um, uh, one primary a year, but we just won't rent out the house while we're living there. So I guess that'll be more of like the nomad type strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I mean, it's nice having tenants here to help us pay for a mortgage, but at some point we will want to be like more comfortable, you know, and I don't mm-hmm. know, we'll you know, start a family at some point and all that. So I think we might as well still take advantage of 5% down, but we can live comfortably and then, and then we'll move out and rent it by the room or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll do that for a while. But ideally, um, it looks like by year six to eight, we'll be getting enough cash flow to replace our expenses. So that's forty grand a year is what I'm you know, projecting for that. Mm-hmm. So, and at that point, um, I can step back. She can step back. We could quit. You know, some something like that with our W twos to free up some more time. And then we really want to get into apartment investing. Mm-hmm. And um, and and we don't really want to go the syndication route because I've been talking with some people at meetups about this, but I feel like, you know, with syndication, you usually sell 
the property after like five to seven years and you're like pretty contractually like obligated to do that. <laughs> yeah. I would hate to do that. You know, <laughs> as like as a buy and hold person, like I put in all this work to buy this property, stabilize it, you know, raise the funds, all that. And then just to get rid of it and like restart, you know? Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm with you on that. I mean, yeah, if you've you've cultivated this property to exactly where you want it, then you have to sell it. And you know, my thing is what if the market just is soft in five to seven years? Like, yeah. you know, that's yeah, I don't I don't know the rules around that of of how you can change that if there's a way to do that. But I mean, yeah, I I would want the flexibility or the control at least um right. to that aspect. So Yeah. So, so I think what we'd want to do with that is just my focus right now is networking like on social and at you know in person meetups and, and stuff like that. And you know, ideally by that six year mark, we'll have met enough high net worth investors that we're we're friends with and you know, I think it would be much better and we would have more control if we were to buy this, you know, $5 million, $10 million, whatever apartment with five other people that we know, um, you know, know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're all on the same page as far as like, you know, we're going to hold this thing, you know, it's a cash cow, you know, hold it forever and, and not be, uh, you know, beholden to, you know, a hundred LP investors, like in a syndication. So, yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's kind of the plan. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> no, I, I think that, I think that, you know, I know we've chatted about this before, but I think that's a great plan. Um, and I really like the fact that you guys are getting your feet wet just with these house hacks because you have three tenants right now. And when you move out, you're going to have five for this house and however many more for, you know, whatever the bedroom situation is at your next house hack and so on and so forth. So you're able to, um, you know, get experience with multiple tenants and, and juggling shared living spaces and, and all that, um, you know, while you're accumulating all these properties. So um, you'll have, you'll have systems down and you'll be able to apply that to the, you know, the larger scale investment. Yeah. I mean, we have to bring something to the table. So it'll yeah probably be management and then, you know, equity that we can pull out, I guess, you know, of mm-hmm. our six state house acts at that point, which, which I imagine will be a lot of equity, you know, yeah. fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, real quick, I, we're not going to fill out a spreadsheet right now. Just, are there any, um, you know, you talked about what you're getting for rents, um, you know, 800 and then you said 800, 750 for the, mm-hmm. the third yep, one. Exactly. Yep. Um, and then, you know, you're probably estimating, I'm guessing 750 or so for the two bedrooms after you move out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, other than regular PITI, can you tell everyone a little bit about what your monthly expenses or, or yearly expenses for, you know, the shared items, the the internet, utilities? Um, I imagine you're probably landscaping on your own, that that sort of thing. Yeah, I've been doing that for two days. Actually, my back is kind of hurting right now. So. Uh, You're too young yeah. to be complaining about that. <laughs> Out of two days in the rain, the dirt yeah. turned to mud as I was moving it around. So it got a lot heavier. Um, yeah, yeah. So as far as cost goes, I have a lot of them pulled up here. Um, yeah, so as far as taxes go, um, as of acquisition, it was 999 a year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I assume that'll be reassessed at some point and, yeah. and, and likely go up. But regardless, um, this is our first property. So I don't, this is the only real estate taxes I've ever paid, but I hear it's cheap. So it's very cheap. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, that's 999 a year. Um, our property insurance is 1900 a year, like our homeowner's insurance. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so that was through USAA because her father is in the military. So I think we got a good rate on that because of that. We were with Progressive before that. or No, we were with Nationwide before that. And I think it was like 2200 a year. So now it's 1900 
Okay. Um, yeah, our utilities so far with us two living down here and one tenant upstairs, it was 170 a month. Okay. So now that we have two more people coming, I'm sure it'll increase some, but you know, probably not a ton. And yeah, so oh yeah, as far as landscaping, we are actually paying for the yard to be mowed. So we're not doing that. Um, and I had somebody mowing it through TaskRabbit which was pretty nice. It's like an app where you can go in and find handymen. Um, yeah. Lawn care, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like mm-hmm. Uber or, you know, yeah, there's just individuals on there offering their services. And anyway, that guy, I don't know, he went in the wind somewhere and, and I lost it. <laughs> so we're, we're paying like actual company for it now, but it's about the same rate. It was like $40 per mow. So okay. I don't know that that sounds good to us. Yeah. And it's good for when you move out, you don't have to come up with a new system or, or anything. So Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to have to haul a mower back over to this house when we move in a year. So. Definitely not. Not for 40 bucks, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah. And our internet 60 a month and then, oh, PMI. So so we were 5% down and it was 142 a month is how much our okay. mortgage, yeah, the insurance was for that. So yeah, that, did, that, that's about all in all, I think. Yeah. Nice. Did, did um, Bill mention how long you had to wait before you could see if you could get your PMI dropped? Is there a... Uh, I don't seasoning know what, period for that. Yeah, I don't know if there's a seasoning period. I mean, I know, you know, naturally the loan will get paid down to an amount, mm-hmm. you know, tw- you know uh, after we have 20% equity or after you pay it down to like 80% LTV or something, um, to where it will fall off. But yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I don't know. That's a conversation I should have with him though. Because <laughs> I'll be happy to get rid of that. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, a free 140 40 bucks back, you know, in your pocket and oh, yeah. yeah, so... <laughs> Well, very good. Yeah. Thanks so much for being so transparent um, and sharing all these numbers. I think that the strategy that you guys have is just amazing. I'm so excited to kind of keep track um, of your progress throughout the years because I know you guys are just going to... I think you're going to blow the, blow your goals out of the water um, personally. So um, I'm really excited to hear that. Um, is there anything that you feel like I missed um, that you wanted to to highlight as part of this investment or... Um, no, I think that's the majority of everything. Um, yeah, but no, I would love to come back in a year once we move out and actually go over actuals, you know, know we hear a lot about projections, you know, it looks like you're going to make this much cash flow, but to go over like actuals, I think would be super helpful and I'd be interested in doing so. Yeah, absolutely. You're the invitation is, is there. So you tell us when, you know, when, when you have that year's worth of data, definitely have you back on and, um, you know, uh, can you tell everyone w- where they can, you know, reach out to you, get in contact with you and and we'll have this on the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh yeah, if anybody wants to get in touch, um, you know, you're a new investor, you're in college and you're looking to do something similar or, you know, you're further ahead and just have some questions. Um if you reach out on Instagram, that's probably where you can best find me and that's at my name, Miller M I L L E R McSwain M C S W A I N. And yeah, shoot me a DM on there and I'll get right back to you. Great. Well, thanks so much, Miller. Appreciate you you coming on and, and telling everyone your story and we'll we'll see you again soon. Yeah, happy to do it. Thank you. Bye everyone. 